everybody and welcome to in my opinion the good fight podcast this one covering season three episode eight titled the one where kurt saves diane i'm the host mike marbeck and today i'm joined by tia kemp hello keen cobb hello jack o'keefe hello and molly scullion hello oh thank you all for being here uh, if you want information on the shows that we do, because we have some coming up this weekend, go to xroadscomedy.com. We have shows June 11th through the 13th in Philly. If you're in the Philly area or up for a drive or plane or train, any kind of uh, way you want to get there, uh, there are four shows ever as a theater and some shows for the first time in 15 months. So go to xroadscomedy.com. And if you're not interested in shows at all, couldn't give a shit, uh, check out this podcast and others that we do because this is not the only podcast that we have. Keen has one, another one that he does. Um, uh, locking up, Jesus, I'm blanking. Locking up uh, a black pro wrestling podcast. And at some point, uh, T and I will be back with eavesdropping a Killing Eve podcast. At some point. All right, let's hit those first impressions. Molly. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> well, as we all know, I'm a longtime Kurt Stan, so this is really... <laughs> An episode for me. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Love. Oh, gosh. Mm-hmm. And he's so freaky. He's just like, yep, it's over, Diane. And the, the way that he just, you can tell he truly lets it go. Like, it, it's not going to be something that he's like holding his ammunition for later to be like, oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, remember that? That was all. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. <laughs> when you yeah. tried to steal the election. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I loved that. Jane Curtin, great. Love that. Um, yeah, aside from the bummer of uh, the Gary Karsich, I, I would say I'm really, really big fan in a lot of ways. Tia. Um, yeah, I, my overall impression is, oh, wait, I, I think I have a call coming in. I don't know if it went through. Yeah, really fun yeah. episode. Um, I <laughs> just starting off the episode, the background music kind of messed me up because I couldn't hear at points with the, when they were all drip, drip, drip rain. And I was like, I want to mm-hmm. hear what Kurt saying to Diane. Um, but overall, I am not a hundred percent officially hashtag team Kurt, but I am hashtag team season three, episode eight, Kurt. Um, <laughs> he, that I just love everything he did. And I love that we saw all the behind the scenes stuff of how he saved Diane. Um, and yeah, agree with Molly. Jane Curtin is a legend. And I I swear the exchange between her and Lace was improvised. <laughs> so funny. So funny. Cut it with a mm-hmm too. Okay. All of it. Yeah, so funny. Uh, yeah, that ringtone, one of the funniest moments in the episode and this this season too. Uh, just Diane's laugh. So good. Uh, Keen? Uh, I thought this episode was uh, thick. As soon as it started, it was just a lot of folks. And I'm not sure if anybody else is doing this, but a a very small, fun mini game I do is to see how long it takes for the goddamn title screen to come up. Because sometimes it'd be about 20 minutes in. It's like, Mm -hmm. oh, yeah, here's the show. Here's who's in it. (laughs) Like, yeah. Oh, man, uh, it takes so long. But yeah, uh, Jan Curtin was amazing. I think there's a little bit more to the car stuff. I want to talk a little bit more about it uh, when we get into it, obviously. But um, 
yeah, I, I like Luca in this episode a lot too. Um, and something I don't think we even talked about for the previous episode. I can't remember if she was or not, but um, you, someone mentioned or a few episodes ago how Mai is just being phased out completely. And like in these last two episodes, I think they might have mentioned her name maybe once. Mm-hmm. Or like, do you have her number or what's going on? So like to keep her kind of still there, kind of at the bare, the bare minimum, mm-hmm. are really cool. So uh, I like this episode a lot. Yeah, Jack. Uh, at this point, Kurt as a character had been on the air for like I think like eight years because this season was or no this season was 2019 so nine years and it took them nine years to get like a truly masterpiece like Kurt showcase Mm -hmm. like there have been other very good like episodes where like Kurt is like a focal point but I feel like this is the first time that Kurt ever feels like a main character and it rules I love this episode Mm -hmm. um and I also love it I didn't get to talk about it last time uh, they appeared on the show because I wasn't here. But the NSA guys, oh, I love the NSA guys. I love them in The Good Wife. I love them mm-hmm. in The Good Fight. It, they are one of my favorite devices that this show uses, both as like a representation of like government surveillance and like mm-hmm. the the larger plot outside of the smaller plots, but also as like the audience surrogate of like watching these people, watching these characters that we also watch. Uh, mwah, mwah, mwah. I love it. <laughs> Uh, and, and just some, they get all of New York's best skinny, skinny, skinny people. They put them in the NSA, uh, and it's always a good time. Oh, <laughs> love it. Uh, yeah, that that backstage so call for skinny, uh, skinny people at a very sedentary <laughs> job. Interesting, yeah, you know? they must yeah. get up and get their steps. You know, moving every mm-hmm. every forty five. Yeah. I mean, hey, you can, you can put the theater kid in the NSA, but you can't take it out. You know, they got to do their little <laughs> breaks. They got to do their time steps. All right. Uh, I agree with all that. I thought it was a really, really fun episode. Uh, of the, the two that we covered tonight, uh, episode seven and episode eight, eight is my favorite of the, of the two, particularly because of that Kurt side quest. I thought it was just so well done. Uh, and as Jack kind of said, it's just like a nice vehicle for him. Uh, and it reminded me of, I think it's Justice League Unlimited uh, with Booster okay. Gold. With Booster Gold. Are you familiar with Booster Gold? Uh, there's an episode, Booster Gold. He's a superhero that doesn't really have, he, he's just a rich superhero. Uh, and the Justice League, the main characters are out there fighting the, the big bads. Uh, and then he's like, okay, cool, I'll hang back. And then he gets into his own crazy shit. Okay, uh, and, then, and then it ends with um, like, "What did you guys do today?" Kind of, kind of stuff. Um, oh, so he's a uh, like uh, he's a Xander. He's a Zeppo. Yes, yes. To use Buffy language for anyone yes. who didn't understand Justice League but does understand Buffy. Congratulations <laughs> to the three of you yes. out there who that was yeah. helpful for. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Thank you, Jack. Um, Jane Curtin coming back again. Love the uh, dialogue between what were the uh, Diamond and Silk stand-in names? Leather and Lace. <laughs> Leather and Lace. Yeah. Um, Walter also coming back. I thought his stuff was good, and also make bringing up some some pretty good good points throughout too, which we'll get into uh, into depth with. Um, and yeah, it is the the car stuff. Just damn, because I really liked him and and Luca, um, and another episode without Colin. So mm-hmm. Talk about but being also, phased what out. Is- Props to the actor for for Gary Carr being like, yeah, I will play Gary Carr Scientologist. <laughs> yeah, gladly. Yeah. 
so true yeah that's so funny all right let's hit the case uh which is chum hum cheryl lamore is there and she's dealing with uh felix staples again felix staples is back uh and it's just all about the right wing censoring kinds of stuff that they think the algorithm is being altered um so what do you like molly are you raising a hand i'm gonna raise a hand (laughs) (laughs) your right hand (laughs) um uh add a clap to it um for i'm just getting ahead of it because it's one of my all-time favorite things the not non-existent short oh yeah Um, yeah, 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 oh beautiful because it's also real Mm-hmm. They yeah. had an entire short made and CBS oh, was shit. like, was like, you know what? We just can't do it. So mm-hmm. they, they literally just left it like that. I just think it's amazing. Uh, did that, the uh, yeah. short, did it leak? Because that would also be funny because it mirrors storylines from. <laughs> no, to yeah. my knowledge, yeah. no one has Mm-mm. seen that. Wow. Yeah. Unless they got some good fight DVDs out there with some bonus features or something. Mm. It's in that CBS vault. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to get uh, super all access for that one. <laughs> yeah. So even more access. I I love it. Again, just having fun with that. Mm-hmm. That medium that they're using now and like taking it to a 10 in a big way. I just because really nothing gets the point across as good as that does. Right. Like, yeah. you know, the short would have been very fun. I probably would have loved it. But like, really, I think that black screen is just exactly what it's like oh yeah right this makes and sense. yeah it effectively communicates the stakes of mm-hmm. being any sort of major business interacting with china yeah especially any kind of media business i mean even right now in the news there's a lot of talk about how like all of the disney properties are like desperate to cater to china uh because there's like some like disruption in the market over there I, i'm not you know, you're not listening to Planet Money, so I don't have that information. <laughs> uh, but it is a very relevant part of literally 95% of the media that we all consume. And somebody just got in trouble for it. I can't remember who it was, but somebody in the last few days has had to come out and kind of backtrack some statements they made I about think, China. I think oh. Cena did something where... Yeah, I think it was John Cena. Yeah, he said something about Oh Taiwan. yeah, 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 Taiwan. Taiwan, yeah, and uh, don't know any of the particulars. I just know he says something, and he's been looking like a goofball trying to back it up since. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, he had to backtrack because otherwise, in China, they would not be able to see him. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, in the uh, in the, the the Hollywood yes. Reporter is saying that F nine uh, box office fell eighty five percent after all that. What? And that's money right there. Sheesh. That's money. Damn. Mm. All right. Um, okay. So more uh, more of this case. What do you got? Uh, Chumham, they don't know how to spend their money. What is this lawyering <laughs> committee? They did that. They were absolutely no help. Like you would, Maya should have been on the committee because <laughs> they were just no help whatsoever. They you know spent money. I think there were like six people at the table. And, you know, they ended up 
yeah, it just made everything worse for them. There was no help. It was, you know, at first it was like, okay, we can do 9.5. We can weather this. And then they call yeah. one of the PR guys up who was on Desperate Housewives, by the way. Um, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and, and they end up having to give up, I think, you know, between 20 and 25 million. So, um, yeah. So, but other than that, as far as the case goes, um, I, 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 I loved just Jane Curtin, the whole time, even from the time she called Felix Staples young man, <laughs> that is good young man. And then um, totally squirmed when, cause I knew what they were doing with the whole diamond and silk leather and lace, cannot stand those women. Um, and you know, they have leather and lace and then the whole, when lace, uh, what was it? Oh, it was when Luca wanted to call leather by her real name. And then the judge allows it. Lace is like, boo. <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah. get, please escort Lace out of the court. I'll be good. Oh, but you'll be good out in the hall. In the hall I was yeah. like, I started laughing so hard because I was so unexpected, but yeah. I really, I feel like it was improvised. I, I feel like they just said, okay, y'all just go back and forth because it just mm. felt so, yeah, just so, such an organic exchange. And mm. Jane was amazing. And anyway. Sure. Oh. Uh, other thoughts? Um, I thought I thought Chum Hum's team of lawyers reminded me of Monty Burns' team, uh, <laughs> where like only one of them talks. He's like, yes. "Well, according to my client, I believe," and it's the whole thing. Um, I hated the fact that he had to use a PR team for his lawyering team, uh, mm. and the fact that they. Oh, and it, it is, this ties in directly to it. But I love the the one part of this that I loved was the um, the the jokiness of Carr showing her the acting stuff, and then like it's like uh, uh, what do you say? He was like, um, uh, "Partner walks in, hey, we need you on this case now." He's <laughs> like, "That never happens." I'm just reading this, and then <laughs> boom, <laughs> Adrian, yeah, <laughs> we need you on this case. You ready? Can you do it? Okay, <laughs> he just closed the door. So yeah, I love how quick they were, and to mm -hmm. um, to swap her out, to swap out, um, to swap out. Uh, I think they swap out Diane for Luca. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and it, this goes into my belief that Gary Carr might have just proved that Scientology is real. Hear me out. <laughs> well, it, oh boy. Here's what happened. That's our musical short. <laughs> <laughs> With spinning little asterisks. Um, so. Everything he told her, she just followed to the T, almost like a spell. She was worried about her good side. All of a sudden, she mm -hmm. was queasy. And then, what was the third one? She said he said something else to her. Imagine them in their underwear. Yeah. Or with that. And then, thing. yeah. And then that he, she was like, "You can't be here, okay? I'm affected <laughs> by you. You can't be here." So I enjoyed that. Keen. So I know you regularly mention that you were some fucking teen lawyer or whatever. <laughs> I do what now? Only once in a while. It rarely comes up. Hi. Male, male advocate? Mm -hmm. <laughs> ally. He was, an, he was a professional ally as a kid. I want to take this opportunity to bring up once again that I am in a little bit of debt for the most affordable theater education you could get at a Pennsylvania State <laughs> School. And that that is just how act, that actors literally get an education in how to be in a cult. <laughs> and how to get other people in a cult because what? how else can you have an entire industry reliant on 
paying people as little as fucking possible to play make believe mm. if it is not that cult like enticement or energy. Oh, you can be passionate about it. <laughs> you can be passionate in a cult. You just got yeah. you to be passionate about it. You, did you see Aww. that next documentary? They loved it. Oh, well, I thought it was because she was crushing on him. Yeah, I thought love was real. Not saying. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I thank you, Molly. Yeah, love over Scientology. <laughs> what, what is love if not the the union of Thetans? You know. Uh, I picture uh, picture Keen in that meme where you're trying to the guys like sweating, trying to decide. It's like love Scientology. <laughs> oh my gosh, I live I live uh, rather close to a Church of Scientology and. Chicago and so immediately when Gary Carr said that I pictured him because I'll walk by and see clearly new people being sucked into it mm -hmm. and I just imagined him walking by and like talking to one of I forget what they're called but people right they like wear like very specific clothing and like stand on corners and corner you literally and bring you in anybody busker uh, is that a busker what's know. a busker Xenomorphs. Perform for money. Yeah, perform for money. Yeah. They got out their guitars, put out their guitars. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Space but, guitar. So I literally I picture him there. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but I that's where my mind goes. Yeah. Uh we we I mean, we've lost different listeners. We've lost our Nazi listeners in previous episodes. Mm -hmm. Uh I, we may have just lost our Scientological <laughs> listeners, Scientology followers. Mm. Um, and I'm fine with all those things. Yeah. See you never, Tom Cruise. You know, <laughs> get out of here. Find another good fight podcast. Oh, and that lady, the, uh, and the lady from Handmaids. Yeah, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss. Yeah. Yeah, I She's don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Man, I thought it was another only podcast. the Cruise and Travolta. Like no, that there's so many of them. Circle. No, uh, one that? of the newer SNL people's a Scientologist what? too, from my understanding. Oh. That's no. Which one? Which not, one? Please, not Melissa. Via Senor, please don't. Not her. Not oh, her. No. Erica Christensen is one I know. Is that the one that got oh. cheated on by somebody else or cheated with someone? She's swim fan. She's swim fan. Yes. Uh, I don't know about her, but the cheating. Oh, Wait. I thought it was the what? Oh, I was just gonna say Erica from Parenthood. Yes, that's the same yeah. one. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she's um, she talks about it on Dax Shepard's podcast. It's an interesting episode. Okay. Uh, back to up. the to this podcast <laughs> for uh, just a, just a moment. Uh, I, mm -hmm. I do have the identity of the SNL person, though. We love that information real yes. quick. Uh, Chloe Finneman is a second generation Scientologist. Second oh. gen. Oh, wow. No so way. Maybe, maybe it's not maybe as not. bad when they're second gen. You know what? Maybe. That's so off-putting, though, because her parents, like, she she posts stories of with her parents a lot, and they they seem really cool. But I mm. guess that's what happens. They get cool. They get cool. Do do your own research. That's just the information that I was able to Google oh, in three fuck. minutes. And oh, we all man. know we've learned from the good fight how easy it is to put up a fake news story. So who knows? <laughs> yeah. Wow, you've been micro-targeted. Yeah, I have. <laughs> uh, so in in my opinion, the <laughs> one of the great moments of this episode and this thread particularly is Luca's uh, soliloquy. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Her second almost, of the season, I think. Yeah, I, I thought it was going to turn into it was almost 
because it was being underscored a little bit. I thought it was going to become a musical. Um, and I feel <laughs> I like wish. a lot of this stuff with the shorts, um, there's got to be a musical episode at some point of this of this show. There yeah. are way the too Flash many. can pull it off, they can. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's got to be. Too many Broadway mm-hmm. people running around this uh, uh, this city. Um, yeah. I have they, long argued I, that legally this show should be eligible for Tony's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that many. All of them, yeah. Yeah. We did get uh, Raspberry Beret a couple mm-hmm. episodes back. That's true. And we got we um, Audra singing a little bit of um, the, what the hell was that song? <laughs> fly, away. fly Away. Yeah, Fly Away. A little bit. <laughs> And that. we had uh, uh, we had Felix oh, Staples Roland. singing "Motherless Child" and Roland uh, Blum singing uh, "I'll Be There," which mm-hmm. I don't even think we mentioned on the podcast. Super no, yeah. we did. <laughs> Marissa Gold. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh multiple yeah. Multiple times. Yeah. yeah. So just put it all together. Give us a musical we, episode. We know we got somebody coming season five to. Mm. Oh yeah. With uh, the with the pipes. Oh. So. Uh, yeah, let's just say I'll be send, spending my Sundays in the park. Yeah, <laughs> I love how I have no idea. That didn't help me at all. Uh, if anything, it threw me further from the trail. Let, let's try this. Yeah. I'll be watching these episodes in my homeland. Does that help, Gene? Yeah. Did that do anything? In America? Wait, homeland is in Claire Dane's homeland? <laughs> I, you know, I, I can't go through <laughs> more TV right. shows. Yeah. Uh, with the with the coming season five guest, uh, a musical episode is not inconceivable. Uh, to inconceivable. inconceivable. Oh, miss him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could have had a princess bride reunion. <laughs> I mean, not. I mean, Andre's dead, so that would be tough. Oh. Well, we can get Carrie, Carrie always, and um. Uh, Robin. Who's the bride? <laughs> yeah. Robin. Robin Wright Penn. I don't know yes. if she still goes oh, by it was. Penn. Yeah. Robin. God, let her be on a good political show. She deserves it. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, so, other so stuff Scientology. With... <laughs> Scientology. That's what we were talking about. Uh, uh, welcome to Podanetics, Scientology <laughs> podcast. Uh, so, oh. other things about this thread before we get into the Luca side of side of things and uh, transition into Luca and Carr. Um, they they are developing. They being uh, Chum Hum, a mm. Chinese version of their search engine uh, called Praying Mantis, which enables the Chinese government to censor search results and, and things and things like that. And in Marissa's very poor surveillance of um, Solomon Walzer in, mm-hmm. in the park, he kind of tips her off to that, but I guess she didn't do anything. Oh, no, he, he, she did go to the firm, but they didn't really know what was, what was up, I think. Um, so then it comes out and kind of Fs them up. Yeah, praying mantis mm-hmm. was the mm-hmm. the code. Yep. This this is just further proof that um, every older person thinks every young child isn't on the Geek Squad because <laughs> yeah. the fact that he didn't have a passcode on his phone oh. and he's as big of a lawyer as he is, it's my it's my way to fight back. Uh, shut up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And he. he the, the other thing about this case <clears throat> excuse me, that I like is how, in a way, long-sighted he is, or uh, Alan Alda's character is, how, sh- how so fucking short-sighted uh, Felix is. Because uh, they're, like, like, like I said, definitely different opinions and how they feel about certain things. 
while he's trying to make like a like a, a quote-unquote statement case for this against that while felix literally is like yo i'm broke fuck you i want money give me money and then to try to dupe him with the with the switch and all this other shit to just i mean cool christine baranski is awesome but if you're that creepy towards her or a character she's playing calm down guy come on <laughs> the motherless child so, like all right <laughs> yeah, yeah we get it oh was he on broadway yeah felix who was he on broadway hedwig that's john cameron mitchell oh that's right you mentioned we, yeah. we mentioned that before hedwig and the angry that's true. Yes. i mean i'm sure other stuff too but that's <laughs> Yeah. That's the big one. Not a Tony winner, though. Mm-hmm. Not a Tony winner. Um, all right. So let's transition into we can talk about the stuff in court first. Um, a little bit more in depth if you want, with Luca and um uh, what's his face? Gary. Oh. Yeah. Gary Bear. Any other thoughts on their interactions in court? It's cool to see her flustered. In a good way, Mm -hmm. because it it goes back to what I was saying before, as far as like, as not even innocent, but like as cool or like now the relationship was between her and Colin, like kind of just hate, hate fucking, I guess, for the most part at first Um, to to her to kind of really be flummoxed, like really kind of like I thought the the stomachache thing was like her catching the butterflies, being nervous that he's there, which I guess kind of was. But um, and for her to really, really be influenced by what he says, which is crazy to see, and the fact that excuse me, ooh, excuse me, uh, very sorry about that. Um, like I, I even recognize it, it being a soliloquy, but it really was with her, like uh, at the toilet. It's just like her, just giving her a pep talk, like, "Hey, you're Luca Quinn. You're the shit. You're the tops. You're not going to be affected." Blah blah blah. As soon as she goes back in, I'm affected again. Shit. Okay. Uh, <laughs> So that was cool to see her kind of like falling a little bit. Yeah, they did another kind of fourth wall thing there where she was like, this is real. Like, this isn't because he was using all his acting techniques. And mm-hmm. she's like, this is real. I'm a real, which again, I'm just like, oh, it's funny because she's an actress. Um, but yeah, so that was cool. And I, I wish, I wish that similarly, I I was so bummed I wasn't on this podcast with you all, but when uh, they had the talking Trump bruise, um, I feel like this was a missed opportunity for the toilet to like speak, (laughs) speak to Luca and the toilet lid to be like, go to him or something. I don't know. Um, But yeah, she was all up on the the lid there. Something cool could have, they could have did something quirky there. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, we we missed you on the pod, but you've come back nice and refreshed from your vacation due to your uh, Oh, yes. Oh yes. Um, I I will say this is one of those like dumb moments that I have, like TV moments that I have where when she pictures everybody in their underwear, like after two minutes, I'm like, oh that's right, they're all just on set in their underwear. Like that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I just I'm like, oh right, they actually have to do that. That's pretty mm-hmm. funny. But um, not Alan Alda. Interesting. In his contract. In his contract, yeah. He's, he's, I don't get naked. Not from a hear up. You can put him in a, in a tube top. Uh, I think uh, Luca's relationship with Gary is a really interesting parallel to Maya's relationship with Roland in mm-hmm. that they are both people whose sort of like under relationship with reality is challenged in different ways. 
Maya by sort of getting like access or pushed into like the way the real world works in Roland's view and like the shortcuts that can be taken. And Luca is sort of confronted with like the, the presentational theatrical nature of life. And that a lot of the things that she feels are real may not necessarily be that. Uh, that conversation I mentioned last episode, which may have happened last episode or this episode, but that idea of like, everything is television. It's not a good thing to believe, but it's something that is important to know because that is how things are communicated. That is how we decide as a society what things matter. And I think that even comes through in the court case. Whereas while this China stuff is, you know, horrifying and bad, immoral, they know that the way to get people to care about it is to put someone as flashy and boisterous as Felix Staples, as Leather and Lace on the stand for this uh, to draw attention to it. Uh, mm -hmm. So I think that that is another one of the building blocks as to why I love this season so much and is so reflective on what being alive a hashtag company coming back to Broadway <laughs> uh, in 2019, 2020, and 2021 feels like that your sense of reality is always a little bit off kilter because none of this is how we expected the world to be or just for things to be this bolder brasher on the surface it was always like a hey we're gonna be shitty to people but we're gonna like be civil about it and hide it in laws uh but now it is just that i mean everything diane reacts to Sorry, uh, that, that was no, no, my that was big good. rant that I've been saving for when we got to Gary Carr. <laughs> Jack's soliloquy. That um, <laughs> no, was great. Appreciate it. Um, mm -hmm. So moving into Luca and Carr, uh, there was the, yeah, they we talked a little bit about him kind of acting things out and Adrian busting in um, uh, the, the good side stuff, the stuff in court. Uh, he's on Willoughby. Is that his name, Willoughby? Yeah, the TV show, uh, and that's where he's kind of talking vaguely about meeting someone or whatever, and how they've changed their life. And um, Mar I think it was Marissa and Luca kind of jumping to conclusions on on that one. Uh, yeah, I didn't uh, like how Marissa was talking to Luca in that. <laughs> like, I've had moments of that. Like, people, I think there's just certain things too, just like culturally, you just don't do or don't say, and. Marissa's kind of put her foot in it different times throughout. I remember I was, I fell in love with her from the jump. I know I was like, yay, Marissa, but oh no. When she goes, to, <laughs> when she goes to Luca, when Luca's like, oh, I don't know about this. And Marissa goes, he's great. Don't be stupid. I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, bish, like it's too much is on me. Um, but anyway, but turns out she was right to be concerned because mm -hmm. uh, apparently it did not know that Ron was referred to as the Commodore, which is a bummer because I love the Commodores, the music group. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think that's an interesting thing though, in that we've started seeing Marissa try to treat Luca like Maya and it is just not one-to-one. -one. Mm -hmm. Another thing I love about the season that I didn't get to bring up because I wasn't on the relevant pod. I love that this season is dedicated to, sh to really showing that like Marissa kind of sucks. <laughs> which is why I love her it is why she's my favorite character no one's favorite character should be perfect yeah. I love getting to see Marissa's flaws 
because uh, mm-hmm. I think that that makes her a much deeper character than uh, she appears to be when she's just like always has like the right thing to say and is smart and quirky. It's like, no, she's also not really good at maintaining friendships or yeah. having nuanced opinions on race. Yeah. Um, Are you saying I'm racist, Luca? <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Oh. I will say, I feel like this is such a good fight move, though. This is this is classic where we're like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, this is building something. This is so fun. Like, he's so sweet. There's this great dynamic going. And then it's like, <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, you thought. You thought, didn't you? Yeah. <laughs> like, is, is there time to pull him out of Scientology? Because it's like, I mean, obviously for Luca, it's like a deal breaker because she runs out of the office. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he just he just yeah, got to like Chicago. A, we, can, we can some change. I, well, mean, I mean, after I this, he was filming uh, Twenty One Bridges, so it, that was a pretty tight mm-hmm. turnaround. So I think he probably yeah. stuck in it. And that would be long mm-hmm. distance because he would have yeah. been. Um, would have been. Would have been staying would have been... on the second stage at the Adrian Theater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which I have to think for for a month we were all half a block away from Gary Carr and didn't even know it. Oh. Mm. Uh. To go back. Mm. No thanks. Um, yeah. So he's talking about L. Ron Hubbard. He's a Scientologist. It sucks. And it was a moment not unlike the Aikido Sensei, uh, just kind of pulling that rug out from from yeah. under us. Uh, so Which yeah, is- they are having fun. Yeah, it feels like another true to being alive in this time period thing. Just finding out people who you're not like friends with, but are acquainted and feel comfortable with, hold the worst beliefs that you just never knew about before. Yep. Uh, I feel like if this episode—oh, sorry—I feel like if this episode happened two years later, Gary Carr would have been like full-on QAnon. I think (laughs) Mm. that's the jump they would have made. Man. Uh, Oh, really quick. This is kind of sort of (laughs) relevant. Um, I was once in a situation where I was talking to somebody and everything was going great. And then I was asking him about music and he was, (laughs) he was just like, don't you hate the way they did R. Kelly? And I was like, ah, and I ran like, I never, (laughs) that was the deal breaker. I never spoke to him again. Um, but they also, I say it's kind of relevant because Felix Staples briefly mentions R. Kelly Mm -hmm. in the show. That's right. Um, yeah. So anyway, just we all got our our deal breakers. <laughs> uh, all right. So before we get to Kurt and Diane, I want to mention uh, the quick Reddit thread uh, mm-hmm. where they're trying to get ahead of Roland Blum breaking this uh, news. Uh, they want to c- control the story, uh, Carl Reddick, uh, and the accusations against him and the payoffs and whatnot. Uh, so Jay, Jay is now um, dating Naomi, and Adrian wants him to kind of handle that story. He's like, she doesn't do PR, but can you work something out? Um, and he also brings it up to um, the Chumhum folks and tells them at a, um, at a meet, quick meeting that this is going to be happening. And this was a, a fun moment, but also scary for the firm when what what the hell is her name uh the ah whatever uh the main lawyer that's there for or the representative that's there for for chum hum uh says cheryl uh yeah he may just want to move on and adrian's like oh okay cool yeah thanks uh wait a second when you say move on 
can we just like put this behind us, right? And she's like, no, let me go to another firm. But yeah, obviously, oh, oh, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which um, is, uh, I think, so interesting. Sorry, I keep saying that different things are interesting this episode, and they are. It's a good episode. Yeah, they're interesting. Uh, but I love that we get to see Chum Hum try to do this massively amoral thing and make a lot of money off of the censorship and be like, oh, you're growing and moving past <laughs> something from your history. Mm -hmm. Oh, that doesn't look good that a thing ever happened. Yeah. Yep. Which also, I mean, who knows, this probably would have been a little different if it had been a white guy going around mm -hmm. harassing the secretaries. Yep. Uh and this speaks to what I was saying earlier, I think first impressions, this is, uh, or maybe even last episode, uh, a lot of table setting for these final two episodes. Uh, we'll see what happens with the Reddick stuff, I would believe, uh, how that deals with uh, factors into Chum Hum, or how Chum Hum factors into that, how Roland plays a part or doesn't in that. He was basically absent this episode, full episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get up to Kurt and Diane, and Kurt going to work on his little side quest. How you feeling? He can work from home. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh man. He's the man. He's the, he's the man. He was like, mm -hmm. all right. He's just like, I don't know what this is, but I got to find out. Mm -hmm. So let me take mm -hmm. care of this. But if anybody is just randomly soldering something in yeah. their home. Oh, we had a Sam Raimi montage in there. Had <laughs> 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 it all set up, ready to go. <laughs> and then like, uh, alert, alert. And then when they mm -hmm. broke it down, and it was hilarious. It was like, of course, I, I did. I did like the um, the the seek and find kind of mission he was on to get to the NSA guys. And I love that they took us along with him as yeah. far as like, all right, cool. All right, he sees it, but not a full thing. It's a Miata, da da da. Okay, and then you notice the little um, he noticed the government official kind of thing mm -hmm. on the on the bumper, and it was just cool for to see. I don't know, like like. Like you guys were saying earlier, I wasn't, I haven't seen uh, The Good Wife, so I don't know the character, but to see him kind of like have a, just have a day, just show out, show like what he can do, what he's capable of. And then uh, the clutch move, like, hey, uh, yeah, I think you should get rid of those uh, voting machines. Uh, <laughs> heard some bad stuff. I don't know. Mm -hmm. da -da -da. Okay, cool. So smooth. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And also when he gets on, he calls his, the, the house phone. Mm -hmm. and, oh yeah uh gets the nsa folks to to listen um that yeah, i know the name too. of the person that's doing it it's this person um whatever and then the dude just is like oh geez <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, delete 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 abort purge <laughs> oh yeah because uh steve had to deal with uh nathan who was there the surveillance guy yeah nathan just, whatever like, yeah <laughs> sneaking up on him mm -hmm. um so Side yeah, and then when Kurt made that call and did the thing, just the camera angle, like it was like low, like we were right mm -hmm. next to the answering machine. And it was like, I felt like a little kid peeking. What are you doing, daddy? <laughs> Helping <laughs> save our mother. Um, yeah, just watching it happen. Felt, yeah, like Keen was saying, it felt like we were right, we were right there. We were in the living room, we we're in the office, all the places. Mm -hmm. And this uh, started, I'm sorry, Molly, go ahead. No, just very dumb moment but at the very beginning of the episode watching Kurt and Diane interact and Kurt makes a joke and Diane is like you have to tell me when you're joking you almost gave me a heart attack <laughs> 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 
It felt like like that the people who come to an improv show and don't really understand what's happening, like <laughs> and they're just people. Like, yeah, yeah. And they're just like, wait, wait, is that is that real or is that fake? Did they write that. You you didn't write that when you turned into no, the no, cucumber. No. <laughs> Any of it? When you sang, I could have sworn you practiced all of those songs. <laughs> And this all comes about from the anonymous letter that's put into the mailbox. Uh, Stop, Diane. They know about the hack. Yeah. From, and from Ugly Betty's own Michael Urie. <laughs> is it me or was it the lack of like punctuation kind of made that even worse? Yeah. Because it was like, like, yeah. And a command. Yeah. So that, somebody I'm else thinking, besides Diane. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking that was for Kurt. I mean, if it was a quick comma, hey, stop. Diane, they know a period. Oh. They know about them. Just saying, mm -hmm. would have helped a little bit. Yeah. The, the other thing about this whole situation, definitely want to like, so much more to say about Kurt, but um, Valerie Pacer keeps coming up. Like, you know, whenever people want to get something done, it's like, oh, what would Valerie do? Like WWVD, like the key. <laughs> and then Diane is kind of bumping heads with someone else who, was like lying about what Valerie wanted. Um, so that's interesting. Rochelle. So I'm wondering if, yeah, like there was someone like, well, I got a message that Valerie wants us to do this. Oh, that other lady, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Diane's like, uh, and because she was lying, it's kind of like, what do I do? No, you know? Um, but yeah, so that's an, an, another interesting part of this whole thing with Diane getting caught up. Yeah. And she comes clean to Liz. Yeah, she oh. does. Quick, quick thing about her coming to clean the list. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm not, no, I don't know why I saw this and thought about it, but the way Liz exited, it's wild to me that she just left her MacBook on, on the on the desk. That's a very valuable piece. I mean, I understand that's your office. You'll think you think Diane will just close the door, but like I don't know. It just stuck out to me. Like you just gonna leave your computer at work. You ain't even gonna. You probably got another computer at home. I don't know. With Roland Blum lurking around? Oh, man. He already got him. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, Kurt is like, oh, uh, if it is, oh, is it dangerous? Uh, you know, could be, uh, if it is, I will overlook politics to help. I, I also am like, y'all are talking about this, you know, just out loud in your home. Which recent, recently you had a bugging incident. So like, what if your house is bugged again? You're just chit-chatting away. Obviously, some I know they didn't talk about the hack at home before, but like obviously someone knows somehow. I mean, they've also Diane's gotten the whole book club got lax on their phones. Yeah. So lax. So there's really they they've they they got too comfortable. It's just like don't call, don't call, but it's an emergency about our hack. <laughs> <laughs> Every episode, every single episode. I, I hey, love that. Look, here's how the plan is going to go. Remember this. Okay. Cool. <laughs> I think that's so true. Because like in like episode four, we get the first phone call that is like, hey, I thought we weren't calling on these. And then four episodes later at the slippery slope, we've all fallen down it and they're just calling on the regular lines. That's, that's how it goes. You get comfortable. Why have these restrictions in place, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so funny. Um, uh, Oh yeah, I was just gonna say it's kind of 
uh, I hate, I hate this, but it kind of almost justifies, you know, having somebody involved with the Trumps and on that side of the aisle and whatnot, just like the irony of, you know, Kurt's position and his closeness with Trump and, you know, he's going to Mar-a-Lago and all that stuff like that ends up saving Diane and all those ladies, depending on, you know, what path they decide to take, but at least in this particular situation. So I don't know. It's, it's weird because it's like if he, yeah, if he didn't have those, you know, privileges and that position, Diane would be locked yeah. up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Diane locked up. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> the, what was I going to say here? Oh, he goes about doing all of this before really even know, even knowing the full extent to which she is involved. Right. Don't got because to. He, that's his lady. Yeah, you gotta that's what take I'm care of it. Like, to he, make sure. Mm -hmm. uh, he doesn't know until he meets Steven in the car. Steven's like, huh, I can't take it anymore. I'm quitting. And uh, hack. What'd you say about the hack? What'd I say? And then he spills the beans about the direct involvement. Oh, that they were trying to steal the election. Her <laughs> <You know? laughs> just like, hmm, okay. And then they cuddle up. And she's like, I oh, man. <laughs> Girl, no, you didn't. Sure, you did. <laughs> So funny. That's love, man. I mean, even yeah. at that mm -hmm. point, I'd be like, girl, please. Mm -hmm. like at the end. But Kurt's just like, mm hmm and just continues to embrace that's, her. That's a part of that. That part right there is what make Kurt so great. Because any other guy would have been like, oh, you handle it. Okay, cool. Kurt's just like, <clears throat> sorry, ruin the moment. Kurt's just like, <laughs> sure, honey, you, you, you sure did handle it. All right. And just, just chill which is beautiful mm -hmm. but yeah. look at the way they look at each other <laughs> yeah for the in my opinion home game players to his background for tonight's zoom podcast is kurt and diane cuddling up after he just took care of it eating chili dogs <laughs> 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 i love it yeah no it's very very sweet like i said i love 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 everything Kurt did and uh, yeah. this and this quiet the way he did it too was like all like quiet and mm -hmm. sexy and confident so Just nice I feel like it feels like um we got through the, the the vegetables on our plate with Kurt like we got through the part <laughs> where we're it's not as pleasant and yeah. now we're just eating our meat and potatoes and our dessert <laughs> and everything oh just you know second third fourth helpings of Kurt's goodness i love it all right uh any stray thoughts uh i appreciated uh you know what? i'm gonna wait because i think this person's gonna be my winner if, if and my other winners take us i'll talk about that person there but, okay yeah but then we shall hit those winners and losers let's start with the losers molly um luca real bummer <laughs> yeah that's just tough that's tough I feel bad. Town for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Jack, uh, I cannot remember uh, his name, but our uh, friendly uh, neighborhood NSA guy. Is it Stephen? Stephen. Yeah. Right. Stephen. Stephen. That's it. Yeah. You know, he he puts himself out there. He tries to help out, but it looks like he is might not be long for the NSA because yeah. that weird guy was looking right over his shoulder. Right? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Um, Stephen Dinovera. Mm -hmm. I hate, hate to see someone punished for doing a good thing. Uh, Keen? Um, 
my answer is very long and convoluted. I'm sorry, but you'll get it uh, when time comes. Uh, when I right, after get ready. When I was when I, I watched um, episode seven last night, and afterwards I decided to restart uh, watching Hey Arnold, and luckily uh, someone we we all know is a, is a prime is a uh, Paramount Plus uh, uh, Plus Access or whatever it's called. But anyway, I'm watching it. And if you, anybody knows Hey Arnold, there's one character that uh, whenever Helga is like just confessing her love for for Arnold, there's one guy that always sneaks up behind someone with well, behind her with the glasses, breathes very heavily. Like, <sighs> <sighs> the live action version was in the NSA. His mm-hmm. sneaky little ass got right behind the hero of this tale, and mm-hmm. was just scared to help. Mind you, that angle from the desk was wow, beautiful. Just the just the fear factor of him being on top of him without even knowing mm-hmm. it. So he's the loser. I'm sorry, that's a very long answer, but he's the loser because he reminded me right. of the kid that always got his glasses broken by Helga. Yep, he's a sidler. Tia, uh, I'm gonna say uh, ah shoot. Okay, for my loser, I'm just gonna go ahead and say Cheryl <laughs> from Chum Hum, uh, just because. The whole PR lawyer committee was just no help. Uh, she ended up having to spend more money than she needed to. Also, just her morals about how she went about. She talked about like having to wedge something in like a pizza slice. What'd she say? Something like put the, oh, insert the thin wedge mm. in terms of all that stuff. So I'm just like, ooh. Um, but she's a loser. Also, uh, her PR person called her out <laughs> when he was on the stand. He was all, uh, Cheryl told me to do it. Um, so I'm just going to have Cheryl be the loser because, yeah, she should have sure. listened to the firm. Yeah, and those were fun moments when they were in the uh, conference room giving notes, uh, and then they went to give her notes, and she's like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> or, and then he gets off, and he's yeah. like, uh, any, any, does anybody have any notes for uh, for um, Brad? Uh, everybody, every hand goes up. <laughs> um, yeah, man. Uh, my loser is Gary Carr. Um, or reason that he's uh he's in that he's in that cult um i mean i'm not one to say too much about um you know if, if he's if people like that are are happy doing that thing and they're not harming anybody else fine but i don't like to see it see it i'm a loser all right um let's hit those winners tia I did not think I was going to be able to do my winner first. So I, you know, I'm like, oh, maybe I can go with my did you first make it one. you your loser? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not at all. So I thought, I thought a lot of people, I thought someone else was going to go ahead and name the obvious winner. So my, I'll just say my backup winner and then someone else can have the obvious winner. Uh, you know who he is. <laughs> Boots and stash. But I'll go ahead and put my backup winner as Josephine. I want to give her props because uh, she's a winner because I had some bias when I saw her, especially because Kurt was cheating. I see this young blonde woman come in and I'm like, uh, is there going to be some flirtation? What's going on? I did not take her seriously. She came in, she did what needed to be done. She did the damn thing, did a type, type, type. Oh, you want somebody? Boom, break it down, break it down. And she found Steven. So I love Josephine and just want to give her her flowers, even though she had a very short, uh, moment on the episode. Mm-hmm. And neither of them had to do the whole Stephen gets in the car and one of them's in the back seat kind of thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Keen. Uh, first and foremost, I like to uh, reach out and say uh, 
muchas gracias to Tia for allowing me to have this winner <laughs> because honestly, who could you pick besides <laughs> besides Felix Staples? I'm joking. What? No, uh, no, Kurt. Kurt's definitely the winner. <laughs> Kurt McVay. Almost had me. <laughs> Kurt McVay uh, stole this uh, goddamn episode just like he stole our hearts uh, earlier yeah. this season. Um, yeah, he, he was the man. Like you said, he got his own montage. He just ha- he handled it just like like a like a like he moved like a G in silence like lasagna. Like it was ridiculous. He set everything up, found the guy, got a little help because he didn't know how to type apparently. But then he just got everything situated, found the Miata, and then just got got everything taken care of. It was great, great to see. Mm-hmm. And we didn't talk about exactly what he did, but the the montage of him putting everything together. Not just the video camera, but like a laser tripwire mm-hmm. kind of thing. Oh, yeah. At <laughs> the mail slot. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Uh, Molly? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Uh, I guess I'll go with Diane because she is <laughs> the best boy, best uh, husband, I should say. Wow. Although they have the, they have like honeymoon love and I love it. So yeah. I'm like, what, where else do you see that on TV? That it, it like, that age couple mm-hmm. having that sort of like relationship they have, which I love. Yeah. So uh, very jealous of Diane. So she's winning and she doesn't even know what kind of trouble she got out of. So right. that's, that's a big win. Yeah. Jack. Uh, I think interesting enough, this character's biggest win yet happened in an episode that they were not present in. I'm going to say Roland Blum because him going and digging around uh, into Carl Reddick's past has hit Reddick, Bozeman, and Lockhart in the biggest way possible by risking Chumhum as their client. Mm-hmm. That is their that is their biggest client. That is the most of their money. And if Roland Blum's uh, actions, well, Carl Reddick's actions led to this, but Roland Blum is getting exact, he's getting more than he could have possibly imagined by digging this up. So huge win for him. Yeah, that is a very good point. Uh, there may be a, um, you know, mutually assured destruction kind of thing that, mm-hmm. that happens there. And actually not even mutually assured destruction. They, the firm would be much more destroyed than Roland Blum um, because uh, I think it was Judge Hazelwood in the last episode that said, uh, you're threatening Roland Blum. That's like threatening a, a bull with a red flag. So... All right, uh, and my winner, other than Kurt, uh, because, yeah, he is the big winner of the episode, I believe, uh, is going to be the book club in general. All of them avoided prison. <laughs> all, Kurt didn't just save Diane. He saved all of their asses. Um, so it'll be interesting to see if they continue beyond this big defeat uh, as far as how they see it or if they just um, fold up. And Diane just continues with the uh, axe throwing and other hobbies. I don't know. They'll probably continue, but who knows? Jack and Molly do. All right. Uh, that is our episode. Thank you, Keen. Thank you, Tia. Thank you, Molly. Thank you, Jack. And thank you all for listening. Bye.